0: Pastor Steve here, Grace Valley Church. Glad you guys are uh, listening. Again, I'm going to do a little bit shorter um, teachings uh, along the way in the week. Uh, If you listen to this message, uh, it will help you to judge less. Um, So Jesus says in Matthew um, chapter 7, verse 1, Do not judge or you too will be judged. That's kind of scary, right? Don't judge, or you're going to be judged. Now by who does he mean? Ah, doesn't quite say, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It seems to be that there's, well, I you know, I don't think it's just the way life works, although maybe it does, right? If you're that type of person, others will, I mean, quick to kind of give you back that type of let's just call it leadership back to you, right? There's that's an old leadership principle is you know, the way you lead others, you are you are in one sense, you are training them to lead the same way. So if you're a bit of a tyrant or you're a bit of someone who just quickly gets rid of people, eventually, you know, when there's a power struggle, the only way they've learned to solve difficulties is by Attila the Hun lopping heads off. And it could be your head, even though, you know, you were in charge at one point. So. think there's that principle there but it seems to be and i think oswald chambers said this it seems to almost be like there's a divine implication that jesus is saying here that that will be measured back to you it's almost like there's a divine thing that god gets involved and if that's the way you want to measure other people that's the way you too will be measured that's that's you know it's like that's enough reason right not to judge is like when you mess up when you make a decision that could be um you know seen as questionable in someone's eyes or or maybe just even make a mistake, maybe it's not even a sin it's just a blunder how do you want to be treated you know um blessed are the merciful Jesus says for they will receive mercy this is a Sermon on the Mount does that mean? Others just always see you as a a merciful person. So therefore, when you make a mistake, they give mercy back to you. Yes. But I think too, God's involved. You know, I think God just likes to bless those who live a righteous life. So that could be the end of it all, right? Hey, just you want to be treated with great mercy and fairness one day when you're on the hot seat or something doesn't quite go your way or you've made a mistake uh, maybe speaking about someone and it gets around to someone else and now you're now you're kind of you know you're in the crosshairs of someone do you want to be how do you want to be treated but of course there are more um, so again our goal of course is to constantly be reminding ourselves myself too, to judge less if it's not at all to hold no one in Contempt, right? Um, Paul even says in Romans, you know, don't quit treating your brother with contempt in questionable matters, right? Which is another way to say you're judging them. We kind of have contempt towards people we don't agree with. <clears throat> First of all, <clears throat> here here are, the, here are the reasons. I'm going to give you six real quick here. Okay, one, you don't have all the facts. You never have all the facts. There is always one more fact in every situation, in every person's situation, that you know nothing about. In every debate, in every controversy, uh, even political, you know, with a leader, what he said or what he did or how he's painted of who he is, you are at least one fact away from the real truth, right? Which then nuances it. Even Solomon says this, you know, the, the, the person in court who makes the accusation, you know, the, the plaintiff who speaks first and gives their their evidence seems all right. Like, wow, oh my gosh, until the defense has a chance to speak. And then it's like, oh, well, this is more nuanced than I thought. Maybe the guilt doesn't totally lie with them. That's what Solomon says, right? Until the defendant has a chance to speak. So um, you never have all the facts. Don't judge because you don't have all the facts. Um there's always a situation that you are unaware of. And if you know them, it would change your perception of the person or the debate. Okay. Um, You know, there's a little bit thing on Andy Stanley and don't, don't go look it up. Maybe you already know about him, right? Of things he had said about welcoming gay people into the church and, it seemed rather nuanced, and it's difficult to say. And then people are calling him, "Well, he's a false teacher," and it's just like, "Well, first of all, be careful of that moniker to label on someone, right?" I mean, I mean, typically a false teacher meant they were false in everything they said. They preached a false gospel. Um, you know, they had a they had really terrible theology. It wasn't just that that there might be a point of their teaching where they're incorrect. Oh, false teacher! It's it's, it's such a It's just such a goofy thing. I don't know even why Christians do it. But, you know, even in that case, you don't, you weren't there. You don't know the rest of the conversation. On things that, unsure of what he's saying, well, you're on, it's not clear. So you don't have all the facts. So I'm sure if we had all the facts, it would change our perception. And to label someone a false teacher, even Jesus says in, in Revelation, he's writing to the churches about certain churches. He hated—I forget what church it was, but it was a, it was a church or two—he he had certain things against them. And one church, even he said, you know, they teach some things. I think of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, he, so he didn't write the—he wasn't saying everything they taught was wrong. There was certain teaching that he hated. I, and I'm, so I'm just saying that to say again, be careful about thinking you know all the facts, what everyone believes about every little thing. You really don't. And be careful about labeling, okay? It could just be like, I disagree with them in that area. Um, and it would change your perception. So often, right, it's that one fact, right, <clears throat> that you get and suddenly... It changes the whole course of the conversation. I knew this as a pastor. Someone would write me or talk to me about. I still remember the last one was, you know, probably we let the church know. You know, we we let the we let the church know that so and so was in the hospital and no one no one came, no one called, no one did anything. And, uh, you know, then I so you know you're kind of like what that by that's it sounded so terrible and then i got to uncover it it was like well the truth of the matter was when they told one person in their small group that person never communicated to the church and i i I think i wondered if someone even from the small group went and visited them because of it but somehow they, they they somehow you know Again, we looked bad. Our our visitation pastor looked bad. It was easy to get angry until, again, you begin to kind of go down and find the facts. And it's just like, oh, well, heck, no one on the staff knew. So be careful about thinking you know all the facts, Um, you know. Okay, secondly, you don't know what you would do. You don't judge because you don't know what you would do if you were them. What if you were them? And I'm talking about not you as you thinking, "Oh, that's awful. I would never do that." Yeah, but what if you were actually them with the same upbringing, with the same personality, with the same temptations, with the same weaknesses. You're saying, "Well, I given all that, if 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 I were to suddenly become them, I would choose differently." No you wouldn't. You really wouldn't. Okay? And even if, let's say that's, we don't even kind of go there philosophically about you being now that person with the choice to choose right and wrong based upon all the things. And you're saying, well, with my extra added knowledge, I would say, no, let's just say you were them. You were not them. You were you. And given the same type of, you still don't quite know what you would do, right? With all the forces in that moment, you know, combined to say what they said, um, or to sin is close behind every one of us. Okay, Paul personifies sin in a couple different passages, like it's it's something outside of them. Now he doesn't do that to shift blames, like I'm not in control. But like sin has such a, a nature, it, it just seeks the worst of a situation. It seeks the works, ver- the worst version of yourself. It's just right there. In fact, I got a sticky note here in my office that says from Proverbs. Ten nineteen. when words are many sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise which kind of says boy the more you talk you suddenly say something you shouldn't have said it just was there right and sometimes that's what then gets spread around like can you believe what she said he said we've all been there right we've said just a little bit too much and suddenly we fell into let's just call it sin is wrongdoing right So you do not know what you would do if you were them. So that's why, again, Jesus says, do not judge lest you also be judged. Okay, so you don't have all the facts. You can't condemn anyone because you never have all the facts. You don't know what you do with them. Number three is you don't know how how hard they're trying not to do the sin or the behavior. You really don't know. I mean, I will tell you as a pastor all these years, working with people, discipling people, hearing people's stories, I see how hard and hear how hard they're trying not to do it and how sometimes they it will it will happen once again and even i can get so frustrated or discouraged or sad or angry um but at least you know they are trying to stumble forward and they they may not even necessarily broadcast it but they are deeply um troubled by it again uh and hurt so you never know how hard a person is is attempting to resist the behavior, the pattern. Uh, Most people who are even somewhat healthy know what's destroying them. And sometimes, again, they're in such a depth of despair that, as a friend of mine said, you just, weirdly enough, the way it works is you just want to go deeper at that point. I remember one girl saying, I remember her testimony at the church was, you know, and this is with men, and she said, you know, I, I didn't respect myself, so I didn't care if men didn't respect me. Um, you just don't know, you know, what's causing it and how hard and how hard and and the stumbling along that they're trying to do. So you don't know how hard they're trying not to do it. Um, it's probably not as laissez faire, easy come, easy go type attitude as you think. Okay. Which leads to the next one. Um, you don't know the demons afflicting them. You do not know the Mary Magdalene who had seven demons tormenting her. Everyone's got their demons. What are your demons? What demons constantly torment you and maybe lead to, you know, your escapism or your your, your numbing yourself with, you know, something in life that you just kind of numb the, numb the pain or the discouragement. And maybe some of you are not even self-aware enough that you're using things like, money or shopping or image or words or even sometimes even judging right in order to mask what's what's always been tormenting you my wife and i are going to start watching um this pamela anderson biography and someone said man she's really real in it and then what a what a just a just a terrible story growing up and you know i remember when pamela anderson kind of came to the forefront of everything and you know, kind of a star and people with, I think it was Tommy Lee and, and, um, you know, some of her, let's just say behavior and, you know, it is what it is, right. Um, can always recognize things that are helpful or destructive in a person's life. It's not, so, you know, to not judge doesn't mean we don't know the difference between, you know, healthy choices and bad choices and destructive and non-destructive and, you know, the Christian worldview of just what's sinful and therefore damaging and, and right that will eventually lead to life um but you know this girl one one the person who told us you know you, you hear pamela's story and you're like wow how would you how do you get through that type of abuse in life and and then make all these great choices later on very difficult to do so you don't know the demons afflicting them who knows the demons afflicting people god and you know god does right that's why God is so much more merciful. He knows the demons afflicting them. He knows how hard they're trying not to sin. He knows, you know, the uniqueness of what's happening and how how so many other people would stumble at the exact same thing if they were in the same spot. And God knows all the facts. And that's why God is the judge and you are to keep your mouth shut and you're to walk away from the gossip and all the other stuff, which I tell you gets easier As you tell yourself, I'm not living in contempt. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not making a judgment call on anyone. I am suspending all that. Even though I may know I have a sense of right and wrong, I know I don't have all the facts. I don't know what I would do if I actually had that type of power and position and, and all that. I don't know. So... It does get easier where you can either, you begin to, one, you don't participate, and then you actually begin to speak up and go, okay, you know, too much information, or let's talk about something else. And you can do it in such a natural way. So if you give yourself to this, you will get there. But we're only on four. I have two more, and then we'll stop. Number five is this. You don't know how far they've come already. Like... God knows how far they've come. He may be so pleased. He knows, here's the thing. God knows their starting point. Some people, they have lousy starting points. Man, if you knew their starting point, right? That's, you can almost go back to Pam Anderson. You know, some people have terrible starting points. What's happened to them is kids and the atmosphere they've been brought up in, or, or some just weird way of looking at life or, or weird coaching or a tormented personality or a you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, which we call bipolarism, and you know, you don't know their starting point. You know how hard, how far they've come, and it may, it may look like they haven't come far at all, but they probably come farther than you know. So, you know, continue to look for those smallest evidences of graces in their life. God does that already and knows that. Um, your heavenly Father may be, may be smiling on them far more than you think. Okay. With how far they've come and maybe they're not fully shaped in every way. I've, I've come to realize that maybe they're not fully shaped in their theology yet. Maybe they're not fully shaped in their, um, in their relationships yet, but you don't know how far they've come because you don't know their starting point. Okay. And finally, and this is, um, this is right out of the book of Romans. You're not their master. You don't make a judgment on them because they don't work for you. You know, I can judge an employee's performance. I mean, bosses do this all the time, right? Well, here we go. I'm judging your work performance. Uh, you know, of course, there's a debate on how much they're really, those really help an employee, right? But let's just stick to the whole thing of like that. To their own master, Jesus says, they rise and fall. So you're not to judge them. In fact, let me just read that to you real quick. And this is a course of dispute on weak and strong. And this is, this is, you know, <clears throat> Should I eat or not eat? Should I drink or not drink? Um, and he says, "Listen, I mean, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt. That is a judging attitude, right? Just looking at someone with contempt, writing them off. You may not even talk about them. You just kind of write them off. You may, you may stonewall them a bit. You may ignore them. You may live in an apathetic stance, which so is almost worse than at least being." friendly to them and talking behind their back, right? <clears throat> and the one who eats everything must not judge the one who doesn't. For God has accepted them. Listen, verse 4 of Romans 14. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who? Man. That's almost as Jesus, <laughs> judge not or you will be judged. Like there's some stern warnings, right? I think it was A.B. Simpson, the founder of Christian Missionary Alliance. He said, "You know, I'd rather take fork I'd rather take a live current. I'm 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 modifying this, right? Fork lightning a live current in my hand than to spread slander about other people, knowing that I I put myself under the judgment and wrath of God. So Paul says the same thing there. It's that strong language to me. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master? Servants stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Well, that's good news, right? When we hear something about, especially someone in the family of God, hey, God's able to make them stand. They don't answer to you. So you're not their master. So don't talk about them. Don't judge them. In fact, what does the Bible say to them? If you've really got a problem with them, this is the whole Andy Stanley thing too. It's like this guy who posted it all, this pastor. Well, you know, did you call Andy? Did you say, hey, I'm also a pastor, big church, and I, I just, I heard something. I'm so, I'm discouraged. I'm I'm worried. I'm frightened. Can I fly in and can I, can I get five minutes of your time, two minutes of your time? Can you just, can you make some clarifying statements so my heart is at rest? Um, that's what the Bible says, Matthew 18. If your brother, right? sins against you or if your brother has ought against you if you sin against him or you or he has ought against you which you you, i think you can apply to things you hear you know if you can't let things roll off your back because love covers over a multitude of sins done to it right love just certain things you can let it roll off your back right if you can let it roll off your back with that hey with these exhortations that we've talked i've talked about these six things go back and listen to them let them roll off you know if you can't then with matthew 18 is clear jesus says you know go to them and ah, 90% of the time that that solves everything right because now you have a little bit more of the facts now you realize the situation and go oh that's difficult I'd hate to be in that position myself right it's like ah oh, boy I see the struggle they were up against or oh man I had no idea that had all these other things going on in their lives that were afflicting them oh I don't oh I, you know I really like the person I see where they've they were they, they, I see how far they've come right so I hope all that helps. Um, it's part of you know what we should be striving for as Christians and, um, and is just people who are trying to love others. Okay, gone longer than I wanted to. That's about 21 minutes, um, but I hope that was helpful. Love you guys. Talk again soon.